welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi, this is Kendra. And I'm Anne, and thank you for tuning in to Hannah's Heart this week. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and you can also email us at hannahsheart at afa.net. I love getting emails there. I tell Kendra about those emails Mm -hmm. and share them with her sometimes. Sometimes we get a lot of short emails and sometimes we get some booklets of emails. (laughs) But we love them and we love praying with you. For for those of you that are new to this show, it's a a program to help couples struggling with infertility or miscarriage or however God is helping you build your family. We know that that journey can be so long and so lonely, but God sees you. You are not alone. That's right. And today we have a very special guest that I am so pumped to bring onto the program. Um, Many of you may have um, watched the international hit series, The Chosen. I am a huge fan. Anne, have you seen the show? Yes, I have. So good. Excellent. My husband and I, like every every time a new episode comes on, we're just like, get the popcorn out. We're we're big fans. Um, But yes, the creator himself, the director, producer, also happens to be the son of celebrated Left Behind author Jerry Jenkins. We have Dallas Jenkins on with us today. Dallas, welcome to Hannah's Heart. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell our listeners, if you are a fan of The Chosen and you have not yet seen season three, we are going to have some spoilers <laughs> for you. Now, I mean, as much as you can spoil a show that you know is about Jesus, like right. at the if end of the, the day. If you know the Bible, you, you do know the story. The we're general direction. We're going. Yeah. But there's definitely some details in the story today that we're yes. going to talk about that I think is special to our show. Yeah, and Dallas, we want to thank you for addressing this really important topic. So for those of you that haven't watched, season three deals with a plot line um, of a character struggling with a miscarriage and the grief of trusting God in the midst of that storm. So we're going to break that down today. But before we jump into all of those questions, um, Dallas, I want to thank you for addressing this topic. Also, um, a word for our listeners, anyone who's like, wait, I don't know about a character in the Bible that has a miscarriage. It's, um, it's her, the character in the show, his name is Eden. It's Peter's wife. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not gonna belabor this point, Dallas, because you've answered this question a yeah. lot, but um, you are not attempting to add to the canon of scripture by anything creatively that you've add. I love that you kind of take the historical story, um, you, you research it, and then you're trying to kind of put this in a setting to help um, people connect to the biblical account. Can you just talk for just a few seconds about um, your heart behind that? Yeah, because that's really important uh, for someone who hasn't seen the show or they've heard things about it or heard things about me, most of which tends to be out of context or even outright <laughs> untrue. But as we, as we say from the beginning, like when you first turn on episode one of season one, the first thing you see is actually some words that say, this is not the Bible. Uh, we encourage viewers to read the Gospels. 
Uh, we sometimes combine some events, uh, some, some, uh, some, some timelines and some uh, locations, and then we do add historical context, uh, cultural context, and yes, some artistic imagination. We are not adding to God's Word because we're not God's Word. Right. Uh, we are, uh, your Bible has not changed since the Chosen came out. Uh, I am not God. Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus, is not Jesus, and the Chosen is not the Bible. What we do do, though, and for some people, even people who are well-meaning and aren't going to make a YouTube video calling me a heretic, even the people who are just reasoned about it, some people, they're just uncomfortable. That's totally cool. So don't watch the show. That's fine. They're like, I got the Bible. I don't want to hear or or, or imagine anything other than what's in the Bible. That's totally fine. But what we are doing is we're doing what we believe is plausible uh, backstories, and we use facts, such as the historical or cultural context, or as what we're talking about today, uh, what happens in a miscarriage, mm-hmm. and, we're, and, and what usually happens when that happens in a marriage, how that affects the woman, how that yeah. affects the man, and especially how that affects a believer who's going, wait a minute, I'm a child of God, mm-hmm. I'm following Jesus. He, uh, God, God gave us the gift of this pregnancy, mm-hmm. and now it's gone? Are you kidding me? What does that mean? Maybe I, my faith is wrong, all that. We explore all of that in what we believe our operating principle is, is this plausible? Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. saying is this factual, because we know that other than the stuff that we do in the show that's outright from Scripture, it's not factual. Uh, we do some historical stuff that's factual, too, but for the most part, a lot of it is, pl- is, is what we believe is a plausible, um, uh, what we, I guess if you want to use this term, fan fiction. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we know that, we claim that, we're not, uh, and, and we think the vast, vast, vast majority of our viewers get that as well. Um, but yeah, that's, I just, I think it's, I appreciate you asking yeah. that question because I think it's an important context for what we're discussing uh, uh, in, in this conversation. For sure. Well, and I know it means a lot to be, I feel seen mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. scene. Yes. Um, what made you decide to write a storyline about a couple struggling to heal from a miscarriage? Yeah. So, what we do with all of our seasons is we start with what we know from Scripture. And so who we, what we know about Simon in Scripture. And uh, as you see at the end of season three, there's a couple of key moments with Simon Peter that are from the Bible, that are super intense, mm-hmm. that show what we know of the Bible of, G- of Peter's personality, which was that um, he was on that spectrum of faith and doubt uh, was quite intense, because he was probably the most faithful, the most intensely passionate, the most supportive of Jesus, and yet at times was also the one who was, uh, I mean, Jesus called him Satan at one point, uh, <laughs> you know, in the walking on the water, he, when he fell in, and Jesus says, you have little faith, why did you doubt? You're like, what do you mean he doubted? He stepped out on the water. Like, like this was a guy who was absolutely a passionate follower. So then we work our way backwards. What, what, what are the kinds of things that would have tested that faith? Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter himself wrote a book, and, uh, and uh, multiple books, and First Peter talks about how trials and, um, uh, and, and tests are st- strengthen your faith, and they strengthen you. So we thought, what, would, what is something that would really put Simon to the test and in, and, in this marriage? And uh, uh, those of us on the writing team, uh, actually one of our executive editors' assistants, mentioned the idea of a miscarriage. And we thought, wow, Mm -hmm. that's something that I rarely see addressed in the Church, Mm -hmm. rarely see addressed in media, and certainly have never seen it even hinted at in in, in a Bible project. Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, if we could do this right and honor uh, God and honor the intentions and and truth of the Gospels by doing this, uh, even though we, we know it's not necessarily a fact, 
this could really, like you just said in uh, when you asked the question, uh, help a lot of people, women and men, feel seen. Yeah. And um, and if we do it right, we don't want to do that just to feel seen. We also want to be accurate. But uh, we just really decided to explore that and, and really ask some difficult questions, because I don't want the chosen to be the, Jesus comes along and makes everything okay. And, right. uh, and, and, and some viewers who are going, wait a minute, my life is difficult, and Jesus, the human being, isn't here right now like he was for these disciples. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, this, this show is relatable, but at the same time, I can't see Jesus in the flesh in front of me who, who can heal things and make everything okay. What am I going to do with that? And we really wanted to be unafraid to ask those difficult questions. Well, I just love that you took the perspective of a disciple who, you know, Simon believes that Jesus is the Messiah. He has committed his life to following him and he's seeing all of these healings taking place. And yet there's this personal trauma in his life. And he has this question of, you know, why God would you allow this to happen to me? And yet we get to watch him struggle. I think for so many of us, we we look at the disciples as these heroes of the faith. Yeah. But a lot of people, if you ask them, who do you relate to the most? They'll say Peter, because just in the scripture, we see his struggle right. played out. So tell right. us a little bit about the character of Peter and how in season three, we see him struggle. Yeah, so one of the, one of the key moments of the season, um, uh, Jesus says, do you have faith? And he says, faith hasn't been my problem. Like, mm. I've been with you from the beginning. I'm believing you. I'm standing right in front of you. Uh, he says it to John, uh, the other, one of the other apostles, when, when John is challenging him. Uh, you know, he's like, Simon, have faith. Simon, you know, you need to believe. And, and Simon's like, look, that's not the problem. I know, he says, he, and, and he actually says, he's the first and the last. I believe in him. I believe he's the Messiah. He can do anything. That's my problem. Mm. Why isn't he doing this? I'm watching him heal Gentiles. I just watched the feeding of the 5,000 where he fed a bunch of people who aren't even part of our chosen race and our chosen faith. And here he is doing this, and yet I'm struggling. Eden, same thing, where uh, she's like, why did he give healing to others, but he hasn't given it to me? And so Simon, what, what you see when he's both Simon and Peter in the Gospels, you see this guy who, as I said earlier, was so passionate, so defensive of Jesus, willing to follow him anywhere. And yet there were multiple moments when he either doubted Jesus or hid his passionate support of Jesus. And you go, wow, it's just like when you look at a lot of heroes of the faith, King David. This is a guy, a man after God's own heart. He wrote some of the uh, worship songs that we still sing today, thousands of years later. And yet he was a guy who killed a man, had a man killed so that Mm. he could take his wife. I mean, imagine if that happened today from one of one of our top worship leaders, you know, in the, in, in in America. If they, if they did something, gosh, I mean, if they do something even remotely close to, I mean, not even murder and and uh, and adultery, but if they say something wrong or commit a mistake on camera, they can they can have all their songs taken off the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, the, these are the hero, these are the quote unquote heroes of the faith, broken, sinful people, and uh, Peter was had some of his, his, his weaknesses were the most visible in Scripture. And uh, so we don't want to shy away from that in, in, in our show, but we also want to show where Jesus is in that and how he uses it and how he pours into who he called the rock, mm-hmm. the leader of the church. Um, I think that's really important for us to understand. 
I, I loved the scene where uh, Simon's helping pass out the, the bread at the feeding of the 5,000. He's kicking a basket and he's just, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm mad at you right mm-hmm. now and I'm wrestling with something, but I'm still your disciple. To me, that's so relatable yeah. um, from going through our, our miscarriage, my, my husband and I, where it's like, Lord, who else can I turn to? You are, you're the Christ. I don't have any, but, but at the same time, I appreciate that our God is big enough to let us ask him those hard questions. Well, yeah, and I'm curious for you who went yeah. through what what Eden went through. What was it? Was there anything? I know this isn't my interview, mm-hmm. but what, what what was there anything in 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 the portrayal and mm-hmm. in the process that you particularly resonated with as saying, yeah, that that feels familiar, mm-hmm. and and or you know what? I maybe I didn't do that. Maybe I didn't call back to, uh, to to Psalm 77 like like mm-hmm. a rabbi had Eden do. Um, but what was it that that because we wanted to get this right, yeah. but uh, was there something that you thought, yeah, that's actually, that, that takes me back to when I went through it. Well, first of all, I love that you um, opened one of the episodes with that Psalm. Was it Psalm 77, you said? Yeah, um, Psalm 77, you see it being being written and being performed. Because the Psalms were my first go-to when I went through our miscarriage. I think it was Psalm 72 for me personally that like day one, that's what I was reading. Um, And it it really did minister to my heart while I was processing that grief, just to know that um, the the Psalm that ministered to me was talking about how, um, you know, Lord, why are you letting the evil be exalted? And their their life seems to be going great, but what about me? And then it kind of turns and it's like, but then I go into the house of the Lord. And there's this kind of attitude shift of the author where it's like, you know, all of a sudden in the presence of God, your focus changes. That was really personal to me. Um, But uh, one of the things that was the most relatable in this series to to me and my husband's story was actually a different disciple um, that struggled with healing. And first of all, I love you have so many miracles that you portray that like every time that music kicks on and like my like goosebumps, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's about to happen, you know, but I love that you tackled two of Jesus's disciples that dealt with problems of suffering or a healing that didn't happen. And actually, um, is it little James that, that comes to him um, and and asks, you know, yeah. why have you not healed me? My husband, just to give you a little background, Dallas, he's a um, paraplegic. He was in a car accident when wow. he was 15. And he has um, many times struggled because other people, we, we lead small groups and they'll ask, oh, will you pray for me? Will you pray for this person for healing? And he said, I don't feel like, I can pray for other people for healing because they're going to say, who are you? God hasn't healed you, but I believe that God heals. Mm -hmm. And um, he has had to wrestle with that in his whole life. We were watching that episode where Jesus has this um, powerful, powerful scene with with James. um, And I look over and my husband's just got these big old crocodile tears Mm -hmm. and that that ministered to him personally. So, So what did make you include stories of examples when people were not healed? Well, I just, I think we we had no choice, um, for both spiritually, because I think it's important to ask these difficult questions so that especially people maybe who are new to the faith who are watching The Chosen don't just believe that Jesus, uh, when he was here on earth, yeah, we don't see moments in the Gospels that he, that he turned down the healing. So <clears throat> it's entirely possible that the scene with little James that we have in The Chosen might not have actually happened that way, right. because uh, we don't know for sure. But uh, we know for sure today, 
that your husband is an example of someone who hasn't been healed, and it's not lack of faith. Mm-hmm. That is that is an offensive uh, doctrine to me when I hear people saying, "No, no, if you just have enough faith, mm-hmm. uh, God wants God wants you to be healed. It's His will. You just have to tap into it." Um, I think that's dangerous and offensive mm-hmm. because uh, it just it just it's, it, and I also think it's like easy. It's like you just oh, you, I guess you uh, you're not healed yet. It must be because you just didn't pray the right prayer or you didn't. You didn't uh, tap into that Holy Spirit power that we've tapped into. Um, so leaving that aside, I do think you know that, that is an, a spiritual thing we must wrestle with, the problem mm-hmm. of evil, the problem of, of pain and suffering. Why does God allow it um, if, if he's a good God? Mm-hmm. But second, Little James is played by an actor, Jordan, who is uh, handicapped, who mm-hmm. has uh, mild cerebral palsy and scoliosis. And when he came in for his audition, uh, after I'd only seen him on video and didn't know that he had this handicap, he walked in and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and he comes in with a pretty severe limp, uh, hunched over a little bit. And I thought, wow. Well, so then he does a great job in his audition. And I just remember thinking to myself, well, I guess we're going to go down this road because wow. if I cast him as little James, we have to ask the obvious question of he's a disciple of Jesus um, and he's not healed. And unless Jordan, the actor, somehow miraculously gets healed, uh, we're not going to be able to show him getting healed in the show. What do I do with that? And I went ahead and went with it. And I thought, all right, we're not going to be afraid of the hard questions. And in season three, where you see Jesus do that unique story in the Gospels, where he sends the disciples out two by two, and for this period of time, they have the ability to heal, they have the ability to cast out demons. It's like this temporary you know, God energy that he gives that's kind of like, what is going on here? And then, it, then they go, kind of go back to normal, as it were. So, all right, we're going to do that story. What is that going to do for little James? Mm. Hey, little James, I want you to go heal others mm. while you aren't healed. And uh, we just thought that's the perfect opportunity for us now to address this question that's probably been on mind in early the first two seasons of, we've got a disciple who's handicapped while he's watching Jesus heal others. At some point, now that he's being asked to heal, uh, he's got to come to Jesus and go, all right, let's talk. Let's do this. And uh, it was a challenging scene. It was a dangerous scene um, to, to write. But I will say uh, it kind of poured out of me. I mean, I, I wrote that scene in, you know, faster than almost any scene I've ever written. Mm-hmm. There were fewer changes than we've ever made to any scene. It felt like God just, mm-hmm. I, I look, I never want to claim inspiration from God because we're not scripture. But I do want to say that, like, that scene felt downloaded. It felt like, you know, the truth that we've heard from uh, the Bible and from pastors, uh throughout my life where, it, you know, the problem of suffering, I think, does have answers in the Bible, and I think we tried to honor that in that scene. Well, and regardless of what your struggle is, I think so many of us, the, the biggest test that we have in our life just becomes our testimony, mm-hmm. you know, and Anne and I have talked about how um, we would not be as close to Jesus as we are had infertility not come right. into our lives. And then he also uses that as a platform to be able to share the gospel when you can be in intense pain and suffering and say, I still believe he is good. Yeah. Pe- that's going to make people ask questions. Yeah. Uh, that's what I, whenever yeah, you're that's talking about, oh, go ahead. Um, whenever you're talking about, you know, what related to you the most, we were, the statistics are, and the updated statistics might be even higher numbers, but one in four couples mm-hmm. experience a miscarriage and one in eight couples these days struggle with infertility. And so you're reaching I don't <laughs> thousands and thousands of people who have experienced this, and hopefully there's people out there who don't profess Christ as their Lord and Savior that also see this, mm-hmm. um, to see 
how Jesus does answer things so differently, even as a Christian, even as a disciple, how the Lord um, saw it fit to handle things differently. Mm-hmm. But that Peter, what we're talking about, Simon, mm-hmm. never did lose faith. But mm-hmm. yeah, the way that the husband and wife, y'all portrayed that showing how you, they handle things so differently. We have had so many guests on to say, I, I just didn't feel like my husband was with me at all. He didn't understand. He didn't talk about it. I didn't even feel like he cared. You know, it's just because men and women handle things so differently. And then for um, Simon to be struggling with that internally, wondering like, God, like, do you see me? Jesus, I'm here. Where's your power? (laughs) Yeah, I'm following you. I'm faithful to you. And you didn't do this for my wife. You you didn't do this for me or you did do this. You know, you give us such a precious gift for it to just go away. What is the point in that? And I feel, um, yeah, just when I saw Mm -hmm. that, I feel like I experienced the feeling over mm-hmm. again, but not in such a, not in a negative way, mm-hmm. but you're feeling those emotions with her right, mm-hmm. right there. And then walking through it. Yeah. Um, so leading up to season three finale, you have this iconic Peter walking on the water scene. Um, we all know it's in scripture. Um, you used this topic of struggling with a miscarriage as kind of the background to to build um, up to that. Why, tell me about that scene, what it was like filming that scene and, and what you hope listeners will take away from that. Well, I actually wasn't planning on doing that scene for the first couple of years. Uh, I I, I didn't think we could find an emotional or spiritual way into it, which is what you need to do in a TV show. Uh, The Bible just kind of goes from miracle to miracle, and Mm. there's not really set up or payoff, or there's not really backstory, uh, which is great for the Bible because it's 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 not meant to be a TV show, Um, and uh, filmed you know. But when you when when you watch movies. Um, based on the Bible, oftentimes they just go from verse to verse, by miracle to miracle, and they're just, they're just essentially reenactments of the Scriptures. And so now that we're doing a TV show, you have to have motivation and backstory, just that's what drama requires, for scenes to matter, for scenes to actually have impact. So I didn't know that I could kind of get into that scene in the right way, but also the challenge of actually filming it so it isn't cheesy. Uh, you, I just don't want anyone watching the show uh, watching a miracle, trying to figure out how we did it, mm. and then if we make a mistake, it doesn't look perfect, it looks a little cheesy, it looks a little fake, it totally takes them out of the moment. Mm. So I was scared of it. So eventually, um, when we got to season three and we're plotting out Simon and, and Eden's journey, and it st- that scene started to feel inevitable, and uh, and it's, it's such a powerful moment in Scripture. And so uh, the filming of it was very, very difficult. Uh, we filmed it in a tank in Louisiana, uh, with a wave pool, uh, and then you know it's surrounded by these blue screens, and then you eventually replace the blue screens with 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 ocean water and and, and waves, and uh, we, you know all we, we have on our YouTube channel uh, and Facebook page and whatnot, you'll be able to see how we you know kind of the backstory of how we did it. We've got all the footage of how it all came together, but um, the filming of it ultimately was all about the exchange between Simon and Jesus. Mm-hmm. All of that other stuff, the technical stuff, the CGI, the, the special effects, none of that matters um, And if, if you can't ultimately be focused on Jesus and Simon and what he's what they're saying to each other. And uh, and I believe that we were able to do that. I mean, when, when, when it was, I know that when the, when the episodes, we put them in theaters for a few days, and we heard from people who said no one in the theater moved when the episode <laughs> was over, they were just sitting there crying. And, uh, and I've heard from people from literally tens of thousands of people all over the world who just said, um, 
that scene wrecked them, uh, but mm-hmm. in the best possible way. So that 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 is an indication, not as much of the special effects, which were amazing. Um, my team did a, a beautiful job. It was it was awesome, but ultimately the scene had to matter. It had to be mm-hmm. connected to scripture. It had to be connected to, as we said, Psalm seventy-seven. Uh, which is all about the pain and the, the desperation that the psalmist felt, but that's not the end of the psalm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we remember the days of old, as that psalm says. We remember how you've done this in the past. We remember that ultimately, uh, and it says this in Psalm 77, it's so perfect, I couldn't believe how perfect it was for this episode. Your way was through the sea, and yet your footprints were unseen. Like, well, that's perfect for this episode, <laughs> for this scene. So the thing, everything just came together so beautifully mm. um, that, uh, and that's what's so cool about God's Word, is mm. uh, things come together, together, together beautifully. And uh, we just thought, wow, this is this is the most powerful way. And I think a big scene requires a big setup, and I think a miscarriage is um, really something that felt organic, it felt real, um, it didn't feel like implausible or anything that would violate the character and intentions of Jesus in the Gospels. And uh, I think it's the kind of thing that, as you, as both of you said, uh, would put a marriage and a relationship with God to the test. Mm. Well, we're almost out of time, but before we close, I would love if I, I know you all pray um, throughout the entire filming process, but um, w- would you mind praying over our listeners for anyone who might be going through a storm right now um, that they will be able to keep their eyes on Jesus? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll pray right now. God, uh, there is someone who's listening who um, who maybe will watch the show or maybe listen to this uh, conversation and think, you know what, I I can't look back on it like they can and, 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 and talk about the lessons that we've learned. Uh, we're in the middle of it right now. Or we're, maybe we're not even there yet. And so it's too early for us to say, uh, too early for me to say, I've learned a lesson or I've been drawn closer to God because of it. Or, wow, God was there the whole time and now I'm closer to Him. And, and, and it would turn out to be a sweet experience. Uh, I'm not ready to say that yet. Uh, I pray for, for, for that person. Um, mm-hmm. I pray that you will draw them to the Psalm 77, Psalm 72, many psalms that start with pain, start with desperation, start with seeking, and admit, I'm not happy, I'm not joyous, I need you, uh, because I don't see you right now. Mm-hmm. But you remember the theme of season three, which is straight from the Gospels. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest.